Welcome to Raining Words with Shelby. I am your host, Shelby Lawson, and our main objective is to motivate, inspire, and encourage. Welcome, welcome, welcome all of you guys to Raining Words with Shelby, and I am beyond thrilled to share with you my friend, Dr. Ramona Holly Major. She is a Lehigh Valley native. She is a wonderful, wonderful wife and mother. She's also a twin. She is, she gives back. She is giving always of her time and of her talent. She keeps me calm. She is calm herself and keeps me grounded. So welcome, 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 my dear friend. Thank you for having me, Shelby. I, I am so so excited. You've been um, I I I always share with people how I've met my all the people that I am um, having conversations with with Raining with Shelby, and we met. I probably was only in the Lehigh Valley for. I'd say two years. We've been here now for 25. And I think I met you at Life Church for the first time uh, when your son was in my, I was teaching, I think, three-year-olds or something like that at yeah. Life Church. And it was just amazing to see, you know, we get excited in the Lehigh Valley when we see other brown people. And so it was just exciting to, we didn't really spend a lot of time together then because we were so busy being mothers and wives and running around and trying to handle things but um we came full circle i'd say i don't know what the last five six seven years something like that something like that i i can't keep track but the one thing i do know for sure is um your loyalty to to me as your friend and I deeply deeply appreciate that and I just wanted to share with my audience how wonderful you are I can't keep it with to myself anymore so I just wanted to share with them how wonderful I think you are and I guess we'll start out with the main thing your life quote is I stay thirsty and I would just want you to share with the audience when and why did you develop this quote and attribute it to your life? I think it's always been subconsciously something that I've always thought and always had this thirst for learning, not always in a traditional manner as sometimes we get forced into thinking education is about a classroom, a book, a teacher, but looking at it much broader in terms of just learning something new. And I think it's something I've done from a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when I kind of penned it was when I wrote my book about five years ago or so, when Mm -hmm. I had to really like think and reflect and try to put some of my thoughts in words and try to make meaning to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, that's where it, has been and I continue to live that way for myself try to encourage my children even like my nieces and nephews and then even with others and I've kind of taken a hiatus but wanting to get back to it because I think it's just so important that we're always looking to to learn something today that we didn't learn yesterday no matter how small it might be right I am, she wears me out, ladies and gentlemen, from the time I met her, 
Her education journey has been phenomenal. Could you describe to everyone your journey through your education process? I know that Lehigh is involved, Drexel is involved, and and how did you know for sure that you were passionate in the education arena? I did. Well, education, I think, was always taught like that's your way to knowledge is power. Right. You know, and it also can transform your life if you are looking for come up the best way is um, education, um, regardless of what type of education that is, whether it's a trade or a degree or certificate. But mine started, um, you know, I graduated at 17, went to college, um, joined the military. So that was a whole nother different learning experience um, and learning about people and places and and things which I think are always important that we're open to learning about others. Mm-hmm. Um, my my experience is interesting because I left my senior year at Drexel. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my daughter and then kind of um, went back then uh, maybe about two years later to finish up my degree. So it really took me like ten, nine years to finish my undergraduate degree. And probably had enough credits for two degrees because how credits credits transfer and how people want you to take enough credits at their school um, to give you a degree. Right. And so, um, you know, that was my my longest journey. And at that point, most of my friends were finishing up their master's degrees that <laughs> I had gone to school with. And I was still trying to struggle through work full time go to school full-time, and be a single parent to a two-year-old. Oh, my goodness. So it was something, yeah, that I really had to commit myself something to. And part of that was, you know, not leaving that regret or that, that burden on my child because I made decisions and didn't go back. And so to me, it was important that I finished my degree and then after that, I decided I, I finished my a master, an MBA, and a doctorate in the same time that it took me to do my undergraduate, in less time than it took me to finish my undergraduate degree. <laughs> yeah, sometimes um the road less traveled is fun. <laughs> so I understand yeah. it took you a while, but what an amazing um example to be to your daughter our daughter as a mother of a daughter they emulate us and even though they don't want to they they take on our characteristics uh unknowingly and what an amazing way to show her despite how long it took you got it done and I'm sure she's proud of you and one day she will express those things to you. Um, I wanted to go back. I wanted to make a U-turn to your military experience. What branch were you in and um, what was your responsibility when you were in the military? I went into the Army. I was in Air Force Junior ROTC in high school mm-hmm. at Dara mm-hmm. High School and I was naive then, and it was like, oh, I don't want to be in the air. I don't want to be in the water. I want to be on land. So (laughs) I joined the Army. That was my logic as really a 16-year-old because on my 17th birthday, I was sworn in um, for the U.S. Army. Um, So that's how I spent my birthday that December of 87. I was getting sworn in, and um, 
and I, I went, I, I spent time at Fort Dixon, Fort Jackson for my training, and I was an administ- uh, administrative specialist, uh-huh. which basically I did in my time public affairs, I did personnel, and I did postal mm-hmm. um, service, you know, kind of everything fell under administrative, um, and so I got, a, and you know, the military has its pros and cons, mm-hmm. um, it's I went in primarily to help with school, and I met a lot of people. I still stay in touch with some of my friends from basic training and that I met over the years, but really an opportunity to meet people. I remember um, at, at basic training meeting um, a Caucasian girl from Texas, and she had never seen a black person in her life. Wow. I've been on TV, you know, on the news robbing somebody or something. So that was like her perception or good times. Right. Back then. And so she had never seen a, 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 a real life black person. So, you know, so it was like you really met some interesting people from all walks of life. And we all learned from each other just by being in each other's presence. Right. And what an amazing example she got for a black person. So thank you for that. I'm sure you represented well. <laughs> yes, there were a few of us that did, yes. Wonderful, wonderful. During that time, you also became a wife and um, you became a mother again. And also during that time, you were still in school. That was There was a lot going on yes. still around that time, correct? Yes, when I said I was a lifelong learner, I guess I really meant it. Right. <laughs> like I said, you know, it took me 10 years to do my undergraduate degree, but now I have my bachelor's, probably a bachelor's equivalency, and then two masters, one in education, one in business, and then my doctorate in education. Wonderful. Uh, I am. Then, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, and continue, like I said, there's other ways to do things like I did a fellowship in education um, policy that I finished a year ago and I did a superintendent academy that was a, a year long um, program as well to work toward that certification so um, yeah and right now I'm in Alpha Sorority Incorporated and so I'm doing a leadership program in there for Anna Easter Brown Leadership Institute um, that I've been working on the past year. So I will complete that program in April. That is so that is amazing. It's just nonstop for you. And I'm just, I sit in awe of you when it comes to your, um, as you say, your thirsty, your thirst quest. It's, um, it's amazing, and um, many times I've vocalized to you, just knowing all that you do exhausts me. So I'll let you handle all of that, and um, I'm just I proud. I think it's a level of insanity as <laughs> I think about it as time goes by. And I, didn't, I don't know if I told you, I'm taking a, a Spanish immersion class. Oh, my goodness. Started the new year because one of my things I've been wanting to do is brush up on, 
my Spanish because I haven't really used my skills much over the years. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that was one of the things I said I wanted to do. And then I saw it and it's like, do it now or you'll keep saying you want to do it. Exactly. Um, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And you really um, grab the bull by the horns and you are making the best of Everything that you set your mind to, I see you accomplishing it, including um, coming back to the Lehigh Valley. She is now a part of the education system in the Lehigh Valley, and it was it was almost a full circle um, decision for you uh, being yeah. a Lehigh Valley native. So um, tell us about that. How did you come to that decision? Because I know that there were sacrifices that you had to make in order to be closer to home. Yes. So I've been probably the last 10 years I've been working in D.C. and in Philadelphia and around the country really with my job in D.C. Mm-hmm. And then just um, I think going into COVID kind of makes a lot of people kind of reflect and um, reprioritize and kind of think like what is um, important and so I think I did some of that and and I've been engaged in I've always been engaged in community involvement and volunteer volunteerism and and things like that here in the Lehigh Valley and elsewhere as I've gone on my travels but Um, As I kind of circled back to the K-12 system and working and just seeing the need in my own community Mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, I I know what I got out of, um, you know, um, the school district and, and being, you know, education being a way out and in a way that created opportunities and just kind of some of the struggles here and just wanting to kind of, I don't want to say give back because that's so cliche, but, you know, an opportunity to take some of my experience, as some of my education, some of my life experiences as well as professional experiences and come back home because I know what opportunities are out there mm-hmm. and how education is the difference between getting to those or mm-hmm. not getting to those. And yes. so, you know, I, I made some choices to, and I learned about an opportunity. A friend had told me about a position that was in line with, with the work that I was doing in Philadelphia um, and, and coming back home. And, you know, before that I was with a consulting group. So, you know, it's always much more lucrative when you're, working in consulting yes but the i felt like some of the gains the non-financial gains Mm -hmm. would um, balance out some of those financial losses by making that decision and so um i figured you know sometimes it's like you gotta take care of home before you because i've always maintained a, a home in the lehigh valley even though i wasn't in the lehigh like didn't live every day in the Lehigh Valley. Right. And so to me, it was important. It's like, well, you want to make a difference everywhere. How about, you know, in your own backyard, right. In your own backyard. Yes. So it was kind of coming full circle and hopefully being, you know, a role model or, um, to 
students who may not necessarily feel like they have a way out or kind of, you know, asking their own questions or, or have their own doubts to kind of have somebody that has done it and, and somebody that looks like them, I think is always important um, too when we have self-doubt. It makes a difference when that person looks like you. Absolutely. And what a treasure you, a quiet treasure you are to the Lehigh Valley. And I hope that the appreciation and the recognition of your sacrifice um, is valued here in the Lehigh Valley. We, You touched a little bit on volunteerism, and I've had the amazing opportunity to serve with you over the years with the Black Doll Affair. I've witnessed your passion. Share, I mean, we have so much fun when we, um, when we volunteer with the girls. How, and I see your passion. How is, how did that come to be? Because many people have never heard of the uh, Black Doll Affair. I hadn't heard of it until you approached me and said, Hey, Shelby, I need you to do this. And I was on board. I was sold out, um, from the time you described, um, the, the, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The value of the Black Doll Affair. So share with our audience um, how it came to be and how you became the ambassador for the Lehigh Valley for the Black Doll Affair. Yeah, so, you know, me, I'm always looking for stuff and certain <laughs> things. And so I found it in my searches for information and um, and really looking at their focus on self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, focusing around little black black and brown girls and women. And so when I looked at it and learned more about it, you know, to join, it's like, buy, you know, you buy a, a T-shirt that says um, Black Doll Affair and a, a way to kind of promote it. And, you know, it's like kind of be a doll, give a doll is kind of one of our, our models. And so... You know, it started like that, and then as I learned more, I saw the opportunity to become an ambassador for it, and I'm like, oh, we could really use something like that in the Lehigh Valley. I could have used something like that in Mm -hmm. the Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lehigh Valley is much more diverse than it was growing up in the 70s, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, some of those insecurities back then, you know, like I thought my arms were too muscular and my lips were too full and, and, and things like that, which now I appreciate all of that, (laughs) (laughs) but it took me kind of going away and and being around others to, to do that or even embracing my natural hair now. Right. So when I saw that opportunity, I was like, I'll do, I'll do that. That sounded interesting. And I called Dana Hill, who is otherwise known as Mama Doll, who created this move, this self-esteem movement for girls. And so, you know, the, the requirement is that you host 10 little girls for um, the holiday and they all leave with a black Barbie doll kind of, again, promoting, you know, black is beautiful and we need to embrace ourselves and, and love ourselves. And so, you know, me, I was like, I'm going to do 50 girls <laughs> for 50 girls. And, and, you know, and that's when you got the call and it was like, promote, 
all you gotta do is ten. I'm like, no, I'm doing fifty dollars. I know, I know. I was like, oh my goodness, and that's what I love about you—the enthusiasm. And then I'm such a sucker. I just get pulled right in. I'm like, yeah, girl. And then we could do this, and we could do that, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful event every year. And I so look forward to it. It does not only do we share love with these young girls, but in return, it confirms or solidifies our journey and all of the hits that we've taken as um, young women, especially as you mentioned, when, you know, we hear these things, you're too light, you're too dark, your your legs are too big, your butt's too big, you don't have enough butt, your boots, all of these things that all of these arrows that are shot at us in a negative light and so to be involved in the black doll affair i'm i really the pouring into these young girls and what i receive at the end of the day has been powerful so i'm so grateful for you for coming to me and saying hey what do you think and you know every time you come to me and say (laughs) what do you think because of my creative nature i'm gonna say yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so I'm a sucker for those things. But yeah. also I am a, I didn't like you. I didn't have mentorship and, um, self-confidence building. I was blessed to, to have it instilled in me. You know, I'm a woman of faith. And so it naturally came through knowing who I was, but so many girls don't have that and so many of of the young girls mothers are so busy trying to provide and work and get homework done and have cooked dinner and all those things so sometimes the confidence building and self-esteem and all that falls by the wayside just because of everyday living and so i'm so grateful to be able to pour into these little girls that you are beautiful and you are worthy and you do deserve the best and you are smart. All of those things that we rarely heard growing up. Um, it's just, it's just an awesome time to volunteer. And, um, again, I'm grateful to you for coming to me with, um, with the idea and along the way, so many women are now excited to join us every year. Yeah. And I want to be, a, we, we, both of us want to be in a place where we don't have to turn away little girls. We, we, you know, the volunteer, we, we could, if we could just get enough women to volunteer, we could do as many girls as we could reach as many girls as possible. But, yeah. um, it's a lot of work, but with, um, you know, as they say, many, um, hands, um, I forget the saying, many hands, less labor, something like that. Um, yeah. we can, I believe that we can get it done. And I think that what, um, you have done with the Black Doll Affair will reach generations. And that's powerful. Yes. Thank you. And I thank you for your help and support in, and entertaining me when I have these, these <laughs> wild, <laughs> these wild, I, and, and I would just say for, for the, the black doll affair, when we, when we do it is I don't turn any little girl away. And we generally have not only, um, black and brown girls, but we have, um, 
um, Caucasian girls that will show up. We have um, Latinas. And so I welcome everybody. The only thing is they all leave with a black Barbie doll. And and the girls have been very responsive and receptive. And we do self-esteem workshops. Mm -hmm. And so, again, just putting that educational component in there, I got to give a little bit of... We have fun, yes. but we, we add a, and some education to it, and the girls walk away having had some really fun exercises to kind of reflect and, and kind of embrace themselves, and so that has been good. And I think the first one that I did, cause this was my fifth year in 21 doing it, was um, there was a little girl that really had a, a response um a negative response to the black barbie doll that she had received right. and i think that was what kind of validated for the adults and some of the high school kids that were there like wow this is something you need to do again yeah and, and, and kind of committed it to it yes and even for some of the mothers just to see us invested in your child mm-hmm. um i've i've, I've received plenty um, comments uh, and questions of are you going to do it next year and mm-hmm. and what do I need to do to help or my daughter um really had a wonderful time the responses have been wonderful over the years yeah. but also um those little girls this is what I'm so excited about those little girls that we're impacting now mm-hmm. will probably come back full circle and pour back into the girls that are coming behind them simply because they they experienced the Black Doll Affair. That's what I'm excited about is the seed that we plant today and the fruit of it down the road. That's what I'm excited about. And, and I'm that, hoping we're in person this year because in 20, I delivered. Right. Barbie dolls. It took me like five or six hours. I, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I totally underestimated that. <laughs> it was a labor of love. <laughs> and it is. It truly, it truly, truly is. But as the years go by, there's many, many other mothers that are coming on board. The yeah. girls are very excited. Um, um, as the word gets out more, we're, we're going to receive more donations and we're not going to have to come out of pocket so much to, yeah. um, to encourage the girls. So I'm just, it's just been amazing the last few years. But so in closing, if there's anything you wish to leave with our audience, especially regarding education, because I know that's very, very important to you, as well as volunteerism, especially through the Black Doll Affair and being an AKA, um, they, your sorority does amazing work as well. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave with the audience to encourage or just enlighten them um, as they walk their journeys out? I I encourage them to just kind of live that model, the hashtag I stay thirsty, because for me it's about taking a cooking class, learning how to make sushi, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to do your own nails, mm-hmm. or it can be, you know, learning how to... Um, put in some drywall because you've been wanting to redo or finish your basement or something. So I, I think it's for people 
getting away from the traditional education, which I think is very important. Yes. Um, um, but I also realize everybody may not be college bound, but there are great trade programs and things that young people can do today that can still have make a good salary and support a family. So for me, it's a it's leaving everybody with a challenge. Yeah. To learn something new today mm-hmm. that you did not know yesterday, and sometimes it's just being present. Going mm-hmm. for a walk in the park and looking at birds and being like, hmm, I wonder what kind of bird that is. Mm-hmm. And going and finding out or what kind of tree that is. It doesn't have to be deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, but that's how you keep your mind going. Because I'm like, my biggest fear is that, like, my mind will go one day and I won't be able to, to use it. And I say the best way to keep a, a sound mind as you get older is to to use it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's how we keep our brains um healthy is to to use them and so you know help somebody else if somebody's trying to to figure something up i've, I've joined an investment group so that's allowing me to to put more time and effort in my um investments and and things like that so it can be mm-hmm. communal or it can be you know doing it on your own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so very much. I am always mindful of my guests' time because majority of them have lives and lives to the fullest. So I am so grateful for your time, your friendship, um, just doing life together. And I hope that someone out there hears the voice of Dr. Ramona Holly Major and will make a change and decide that they want to stay thirsty also. You see my Southern drawl came in. I said, stay yeah. thirsty also. <laughs> <laughs> Take it how it is, but um, just stay thirsty and, and live by Dr. Ramona Holly Major's um, motto. Just keep your mind sharp. And I hope to um, hear from you guys and your responses. Um, stay tuned with Raining Words with Shelby for more. I look forward to sharing all of my village with you guys. And in the meantime, be safe and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.